Welcome to the Avenue Community Church's podcast. We are a family of Christ followers seeking shalom in Memphis. We pray that you are encouraged by today's message. And as you listen, may the word of God shape you to be more like him. He gathered those people and he began uh, in the region of Galilee preaching about the good news of his imminent kingdom that it had arrived. And so this kingdom was a special kingdom. Somebody say special. Somebody say different. This kingdom was different, man. It was marked. This kingdom was different, right? Because all the other kingdoms were really territorial and and they had geographical and ethnic boundaries. But this new coming kingdom that Jesus Christ was ushering in had no ethnic boundaries. It was inclusive. And it, it was inclusive not just of different geographies and ethnicities, but different classes of people. As a matter of fact, in the Gospel of Luke, we see that Jesus Christ actually came for the outsiders, the people that nobody else wanted, the people who they didn't fit in with any kind of social or ethnic group. He came after those people. Jesus was reversing everything. And as he was flipping this kingdom upside down and establishing its new rules, he was teeing off, I started to find another word, all the rest of the Jewish leaders. They were not quite happy about Jesus, his teaching, his authority. And the more Jesus taught, the more Jesus demonstrated his authority over the seen and unseen world, the more his following grew. Jesus was the man. Hey, hey. No, no, he's the day. All right, amen. Jesus grew in popularity. Some people actually even believing that maybe he is the promised king, the chosen one, the Messiah. And so at the culmination, thousands of years later, what we celebrate when we came last week and it was Palm Sunday and we have the branches and we sing Hosanna, we cry, Lord, save us. We commemorate what that last week of Jesus's life was. It began with Palm Sunday as as many thousands of Jews gathered together for Passover in Jerusalem. Jesus came in riding on a donkey, a very humble beast, but it was a very bold statement. I'll say that one more time. That's what we preached about last week. Don't get it confused. The donkey was a very humble animal, but it was a very bold statement that Jesus was making. I am the long-awaited promised king, and there would be no ambiguity. There would be no more secrets. I am the answer to every question of every human heart, and I'm establishing my kingdom. And so Holy Week, obviously, the week leading up to Jesus' death, Jesus just turned to turn your neighbor and say, he turned up the heat, baby. He cranked it up a notch. There was no more guessing. He was picking fights and he would do it. He was demonstrating his overt power and authority over all of the created world. He was going in the temple, having discourses with all the Jewish leaders and he was picking fights and turning it all the way up. So much so that they had to resolve their Jesus problem, didn't they? Jesus had made such noise and he had created such a stir that the Jewish elite had to solve their Jesus problem. And on Friday, we know that he was arrested. He was condemned to die at the request of the Jews. And he was crucified on a cross. And his death, for those of you who are new to Christianity, served as an atonement for the sins of humanity, for all those who would believe in him. And that that death that happened thousands of years ago paid for our sins in full. Can I get a hand wave somebody? 
Aren't you glad that every time you say the wrong thing, aren't you glad that every time you do the wrong thing, aren't you glad that, that every time you think the wrong thing that we don't have to crucify our Savior afresh, that that blood was good for all our sins, for all eternity, past, present, and future. Can I get a hallelujah, somebody? However, if you were a part of those early followers, and you, it would have been hard to accept you see Jesus Christ's body mutilated on that cross. You saw Joseph of Arimathea take him down off that cross, limp, the body was actually dead. You saw your Lord and Savior, the one you were following, the one you thought was the chosen one, the king, you saw him buried. It would have been hard for you to try to reconcile these truths. Is he actually who he said he was? Or can he do what he said he could do? But as an old Baptist preacher would say, three days later, you know, for those of us historians, those of you who are trying to track down the literal Jesus and the historicity and the facts, I just put one thing in front of you. They still can't find them bones, baby. Three days later, those early visitors came to visit the tomb and what did they find, y'all? Empty, nothing there. And on Sunday, for generations long after that great resurrection, God's people come to celebrate that our Savior lives, right? That he's not dead, he is alive. And more than that, what we'll learn today is that he's alive in us. And according to the rest of the Gospels, everybody say, and... I'm going to take the liberty to preach and extend the resurrection message just a little bit. I'm not going to land just at the resurrection. We know from scripture that Jesus appeared, appeared hundreds of more times to his followers after his death and before his ascension. And what I want to do today is our text, our short text, is just coming from uh, one brief statement in the many of occasions that he appeared to his followers after he rose from the grave. I'll just read it for you. It's words from the Great Commission, Matthew 28 and 18. It says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Everybody say all. Hey, man, listen. You know, I'm 40 years old now, but I done been around a couple decades. I'm raising some some uh, some adolescents and some high schoolers and and you know my wife and I we we kind of sense how many parents we got out here in the audience today you know we sense our children you know stages of development you know I looked over here at my boy my boy was standing with his back toward me I was like oh my god is that a trap oh Jesus got a little thigh muscle got a little pinky muscle I was like okay you know these people they grow up you know what I mean? I was, I was feeling bad for, for Maurice because I remember the days when I was over there and I was on diaper duty. Tim, get him. Oh, man, you know. But the kids grow up. Can I get a witness? Somebody. Amen. Praise God. But, you know, as we grow up, one of the things that we start searching for and looking for is, hey, man, I got more muscles. I got more cognitive ability. I matured a little bit. I put on deodorant in the morning. Praise God for the deodorant ministry. Amen. Come on now. Come on. Let's not, let's, let's not forget to brush those molars. Amen. Amen. But one of the things we start searching for is more authority, right? We all want authority. And guess what? It never leaves us, does it, right? We all want authority. Hey, man, how many of y'all want your own job where they triple your salary and everybody work for you? <laughs> That's right. Give me less responsibility, more authority. Amen. That's right. And more money. 
But we all want authority, right? We all want the ability um, to exert power or have domain over certain things. In the Greek, when they use this word um, 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 authority, they have in mind, though, a universal sense of authority. And so when Jesus has appeared in Matthew 28 and he issues his last instructions to his disciples, one of the things he says before he starts giving them the imperatives, before he starts giving them the instructions, I just want to tell you something. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Before we get to what you got to do for me, before we get to your kingdom responsibilities, I just want to ground everything in one fundamental truth. All authority in heaven and earth is mine. Everybody say mine. It's Jesus's. That means all the power over the entire world at any time to do whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, however he chooses to do it, Jesus got the authority. Somebody ought to say amen right there. Jesus is the man with the keys. He's the man at your high school who got the, the keys weigh so much, it'd be hitting him in the back of the thigh. He got a bruise on the back of the thigh, right? The jingle, jingle, jingle. You know when Mr. Clark come down the hall, where you need to go, where you need to get into. He the man with the keys. All authority is Jesus. If we go back to that very place where we started, when we started giving you this account of who Jesus was and how he got there, the, the responsibility that we formerly had at the beginning of creation was to rule and have dominion over the world that God created. But when we fell, we lost that responsibility. When Jesus rose, he got it back. Come on, man. I was watching the um, critically acclaimed film that's up for many Oscars. Super Mario and brother Bowser finally laid hold at the beginning of the movie he got the five star whatever it was and he says now we can take over the world that was for the kids if not for y'all but when Jesus claims that he has all authority that's what he's saying I cannot be stopped Maybe I should just stop right there. I just wonder how many of God's people believe that this morning, that his kingdom cannot be stopped. Do you believe that today? That, that word all means that God has no limits. I, maybe I'm here to, to, to really enlighten some of y'all, some of y'all who have given up, some of you all who have actually dumbed down what all means, right? You know, when your mama say clean the room, all of it. You say, mama, I made the bed. Your mama say, I said clean all of it. You say, mama, I took the trash out. And your mama say, I said clean all of it. Does that mean I got to do that too? And she said, that means all. All means everything, complete. Thorough. When I'm telling you Jesus has all authority, that means there is no ounce of power that he is not over and have dominion of. And I wonder if I've came just today to encourage some of you all today who have placed limits on our King of Kings. Some of you who have already predetermined what he is and cannot do. Maybe I just came here to remind you that your resurrected King has all authority. Maybe today when you leave this parking lot, you could just make a declaration to yourself. God, I'm just going to stop telling you what you can and cannot do in my life. Because you have all authority. Jesus has more to give you than what you think he does. I think that's what the all is meant to tell you. That's great, PT. That Jesus has all the authority, but what does that have anything to do with me? 
All that authority was given to Jesus. Let me just pause for a second. If you are properly catechized, you've been in Sunday school, VBS, and all those things, maybe you have heard this simple instructions to how you should walk with Jesus. The first thing, you have to admit that you've lived in error. I'm a sinner in need of a savior, that I've actually rebelled against God. And if you are learning how to walk with Christ, if this is new to you, that's the first thing we do admit. It's like, oh man, I was doing my thing, but I guess that's not what you were doing. So I guess I was wrong for doing that. Not I am wrong, but the way I was living was wrong. We admit that. And then secondarily, we got to believe that Hey, man, what he actually did on that cross on that Friday thousands of years ago, that actually paid the price for my sin. But then we make this confession that he's the Lord, that he's actually in charge of me and my life. Some of us have stopped at that step. Some of us admitted that we were a sinner. We even feel bad about some of the things that we've done. We believe that Jesus forgave us, but we're not real good on the Lord part. It's like, thanks for that. I'm good now. But maybe it's today you made Jesus your Lord. And it's true that repentance and forgiveness are the only entrance point to Christianity. But I want to tell you this, that repentance and forgiveness are just the entry point into a whole big life of walking with God. I want to tell you more about it. Paul says this to the church at Galatia. He says, man, man, how do we describe this new position that we have in Christ? He said, well, let me just put it to you like this. I actually, on Friday, that Good Friday, I was crucified with Christ. And now, actually, the old Paul, the old Tim, no longer lives, but it's actually Christ living in me. I've been forever united with Christ. See, did you realize that? See, what happened for you back on Fridays thousands of years ago, it wasn't just that you were forgiven. That's where we started. Everybody say, that's where we started. But something actually happened on that Friday. The Bible says that we were forever united with Christ. That when he died, we died. And now what you see is Christ trying to live through us. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's trying to live through me now. And I got good news for, for you. And watch how this power transfer shifts. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Paul says, it's no longer I, but it's Christ who lives within me. Because you are forever united with Christ, you share his authority. That's what I'm telling you today. Because you are forever united with Christ and your life is hidden with Christ in God, hidden with God in Christ, you share his authority. Now, to make my final quote from that great movie. As Bowser proposes to the Princess Peach, he says, now we can rule the world together. Chuckle, chuckle. But this is the same proposal that Jesus is now making to you. Because you're united with me, now we can share this authority and we can advance my kingdom plan forever. So what does that mean? Let me give you three things before I take my seat. The first thing I want you to know about this new authority that you have because you have been united with Christ is you have authority to destroy the works of the devil. You remember 1 John 3, 8. That's what we talked about last week is that Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil. The same one that got us kicked out the garden. That's the same mission Jesus is on and has been on is to fully and finally destroy his lying ways and his works. 
And if Jesus has all the authority, how much authority is left to spread with his enemies? If Jesus has all the authority, how much power and authority is there left to be shared with his enemies? Everybody put the goose egg up. None. The devil has no authority. Listen, let me tell you one of the most terrifying things. Let me tell you one of the most terrifying sights that I finally had. This is about 1989 or something. I'm a little whoopersnapper, and I came to visit my grandma and them in, uh, in, you know, Mobile, Alabama. You know, little shotgun house, we doing our thing, and, you know, eating hog moss and turkey neck, all that. Cause just, it was a different kind of living for me from an Air Force base, different kind of living. Well, you know, when, when Madea would eat her food, she tried to make herself comfortable. Every once in a while, what your grandma might do? I put them teeth down so I can really enjoy myself. And as a six-year-old, I'm like, mama! Somebody teeth on the washing machine, mama! And then once in a while, but it would get a good kick out of. She know we would be terrified and crazy. And then she pull us and grab us. She started gnawing on us. And it was sweet. I miss my grandma. But if you've ever seen something that's without teeth, you know it's harmless. We need to do more laughing at the devil. He is powerless over us, y'all. He is powerless over God's anointed. And the only authority he can have in our lives is what we give him. When we walk in the power of the resurrection, that means that we treat and recognize the devil for who he is, especially when we rightly recognize who our Lord is, the one who has all authority. It's like, man, I'm not here for that today. I'm not here for that anxiety parade today. I'm not here for you to sit there and accuse me about my history. It's been paid for. I know what I used to be, but I know who I am now. And I'm not here for you today to start telling me about all the things that I got to worry about because my God holds my future and he's got all authority. And I'm not here to have anxiety about where I'm going because I know that I'm accepted in Jesus and that my future is already concrete and my steps are ordered. Come on, anybody know they got authority today? The devil toothless, man, he can't do nothing to you. We have authority to destroy the works of the devil. We have authority to advance God's kingdom. The context of Matthew 18, 28, what I just gave you today, is in the context of Jesus getting ready to deploy his emissaries, to deploy his disciples, to go fulfill the mission. Let me just tell you something. If you have no intention of doing anything for Jesus, you'd probably need to disregard everything I'm telling you right now. When people have authority, they usually have it to do a job. The man who walked around with all them keys, it was for a reason. So he can give people access to places that other people can't. Jesus is only sharing his authority with people who have an intention of carrying out his big mission. Some of us have not quite reached that point. 
Someone's like, yeah, we here for the forgiveness. I'm here for the inner peace. And I'm here for the inner joy. And I'm here to help myself feel better about my life. But I am not in it to do whatever he's trying to do. And I would just invite you, my friend, not to miss out. There's a great big mission out there, and now we have access to unlimited power to accomplish it. And we have a very generous God who wants to, isn't this so crazy? That literally God's trying to do his thing and he's left us to accomplish it. Now that would seem really, really scary because I'm looking at some of (laughs) y'all. And I know me. But you know why God doesn't shudder when he says, hey man, I want y'all to go and advance my kingdom? It's because he knows that the advancement of, of his kingdom doesn't actually depend on us and our cleverness and our strategy and our hard work. What it depends on is whether or not he got all the authority and the power. Because if I got all the authority and the power, it don't matter. I can work despite them and I can work through them. Somebody should praise God right there. This is God with Moses at the burning bush. I don't need to hear none of your excuses. I don't, hear, I don't need to hear what you can't do. I don't need to hear your Enneagram score. I don't need to hear what them talking about. I just, do you believe that I got all the power or not? Somebody say he's given us authority to destroy the works of the devil. He's given us authority to advance his kingdom. I say the last one. It's a little more practical, but I think it's something we really need to hear. He gives us authority to live, too. Turn your neighbor, say, live. Turn your other, say, live. You, walk, you want to preach with me, baby? I got, I got one more point. Come on over here, get some of this. Welcome to the Ave, man. It's kind of wild like this. Second Peter 1 and 3 just says that his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Somebody say everything we need. That power, that authority has given us everything we need in order to live a godly life. Psalms 118 and 17 is one of my favorite uh, verses. I will live and not die. Who is that? Um... Come on, somebody, where my, where my black gospel people at? Who is that? That's, um, that's not McClurkin. That's uh, the other fella. Donna Lawrence. That's Donna Lawrence. Ain't that Donna Lawrence? Yeah, come on. Anyway, sorry, y'all. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Psalms 118 and 17. It's just, I will live but not, I will not die but live, and I will proclaim what the Lord has done. You know, um, I think that was uh, Brother Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> well, I can't remember which one of them said it. It was like, man, you're not flying. You're just falling with style, <laughs> you know. That's Woody. Woody said that to him, right? I, I feared that some of us in our walk with Christ, listen to me, I don't know that we're really living. I think we're in such survival mode that we are missing the power of that resurrection that has allowed us to truly live. I'm not talking about survive to the glory of God. I'm talking about live to the glory of God. Everything we need 
all the joy, all the peace, all the, all the things we need, every kind of grace, 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, every kind of grace is there for us so that we can't just hold on, but we can thrive in God's kingdom. No matter our circumstance, no matter the season, this is not a health, wealth, prosperity, and all that kind of church. So we don't, don't expect for Pastor Tim to ever say, y'all keep coming, you pay enough, and all y'all gonna be driving the Benzes and the Maseratis, all that. That's not, that's not what we're doing here. But you would be silly to think that following Jesus don't have benefit. That's also not biblical either. Following Jesus has immeasurable benefits for those who follow him. Immeasurable. And you have a great, big, giving, and generous God who is entirely invested in not just getting you to the finish line, but how you get to the finish line. There is no boast if he does not have a people who make their boast in him. Do you believe that today? That he does have all power. And he actually does care about how I get to the finish line. So here's where I want to land the plane. Maybe simply put, if Good Friday was about canceling your debt, then the resurrection is about filling your account. If the resurrection was about canceling the record of debt, then the resurrection is about making sure you have everything you need so that every time you need it to draw from, there is funds and there is power in excess for you to live your life and to live it to the full. So to the unbeliever who may be in the midst today, I'll just tell you, man, maybe consider where you need to jump in today. Do you need to realize and admit that you just got a thing and you're doing your own thing and maybe today as I preach you man you know what I'm wrong I've been doing this wrong and he is right and I need to confess that and admit that just welcome you today Maybe some of you all have been walking around with your guilt and shame, what you did last week and whether or not you will ever be forgiven for what you did 10 years ago. And the, the guilt and shame on your life is so heavy, you need to know that you can be forgiven, that that body was broken for you. Maybe that's where you need to jump in today. Maybe some of y'all just need the freedom to hear that Jesus is not mad at you. And that if today you know that you need to make him the Lord of your life, you just come and do that. And there isn't punishment for how late you waited. It's at this moment, it hasn't expired. And if you know that you need him to be in charge of your life, just come and do it. But maybe for you current believers, maybe I just want to remind you today that you need to stop living like your daddy don't got all the money. 
maybe you need to stop living with a poverty mindset that your God cannot literally do anything and everything he wants to do. Maybe you need to stop living like your daddy does not wake up. Every day that you wake up, he's already rejoicing over you with singing, ready to meet your needs, ready to fill you in your most deepest, darkest spaces. Maybe that's what you need to hear today.